Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for You know, I was with a friend. He was storm chasing, and I was in the car with him. And we, we found it. Actually, found a tornado, <laughs> and and he wanted to go get another one. There was another one, but it disappeared behind rain, and then you couldn't see it. It's very dangerous. But he wanted to go get that tornado, and I'm like, "What are you going to do when you catch it?" So he's going towards the storm, and you can't see it. It made no sense. And I said, "You need to stop." It's dangerous in there. It's dangerous in there. But he was going to go straight in. Well, hail started falling, and it started hitting the car. Then the hail got bigger, and then the hail got bigger, and it was hitting the car like that, and it was, it was hitting things. And he was afraid that it was going to smash the car up and that we were going to get hurt. So what did he do? He stopped, and he turned around and went the other way. You know, sometimes in life, we're headed towards a very dangerous situation that will kill us. And God will throw hail on you. Thank Him for that hail. Don't say, God, why is this hail beating me up? Thank Him and stop and turn around. (laughs) He's trying to get your attention. You're headed the wrong way. Go back. So in Judges 21, uh, we had just... Finished up in Judges 20, they went to war with the Benjamites, and uh, that was kind of a messy ordeal. And it's very hard to follow because it was kind of a messed up story. And we need to remember what happened at the very end of Judges 20 in verse 47, where it says, But 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness to the Rock of Rimon, and they stayed at the Rock of Rimon for four months. So they went to war against the Benjamites, and they wiped everybody except these guys, these 600 men. So from this battle, you've got 600 survivors that ran off to go and stay somewhere else. And so now one of the 12 tribes of Israel has been almost completely exterminated. They're almost all gone. And only these 600 men who escaped have survived. Something I want us to really get a fix on here of these 600 men is that they are not like other enemies that Israel has faced. We need to remember that. Well, they went to war, and you're starting to feel that anger thing. This isn't like the other enemies that they've faced before. Benjamites are not pagans. They are not uh, pagan oppressors like we have seen in the past with the Midianites, the Philistines, the Amalekites. They are Benjamites, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. They are the Israelites' own brethren. That is an important characteristic to not miss. And so this is not like other times when Israel eliminated their enemies in the past all the way down to nothing. They don't want to wipe out Benjamin because they are fellow Israelites that need to continue their line. 
And so this war is a distressing problem for Israel. It's not like the battles they have fought in the past. It's got its own unique traits to it. It's very distressing. And so they're going to try to find a way to help these last 600 surviving Benjamite men. They're going to help them to find a way to try to continue their ancestral line from dying out. They're right on the verge of disappearing forever. But the problem we're going to see in this chapter today is that the Israelites resort back to trying to figure out how to do something on their own terms. They're trying to do it their way. Remember in the past, they inquired of God, and they got right with God, and they did all the things right, and He gave them victory. Well, now they're going to go resort back to trying to figure it out themselves, and that's where you get in trouble. How, what are they going to do? Let's find out in Judges 21 and 1. Now the men of Israel had sworn an oath at Mizpah, saying, None of us shall give his daughter to Benjamin as a wife. Then the people came to the house of God and remained there before God till evening. They lifted up their voices and wept bitterly. Okay, they're very upset. They're distressed because the Benjamites are almost gone. Now, I had to ask myself about this vow. Why did Israel make this vow not to give their daughters to Benjamin for a wife? When, when did they do this? Was this a long time ago? Did this happen recently? When did this happen? Well, we know where it happened, at Mizpah, okay? So let's recall the beginning of chapter 20. In Judges 20 and verse 1, this was a very recent thing that they did. Judges 20 and 1 says, So all the children of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba, as well as from the land of Gilead, to the congregation gathered together as one man before the Lord at Mizpah. So, okay, so Mizpah is where they all got together. Remember, the Levite called this national assembly together to give a report about what the Benjamites had done to his wife. And so it's apparent that the Israelites were so angry, they were so mad about what happened to his wife in this, cri- this crime that they vowed to never, ever let a Benjamite have any of their girls as a wife. And this was a knee-jerk reaction. This was a rash decision. They shouldn't have done this. They made this rash decision out of anger. It should have never gone down. It would have been better to keep that marriage door open with the Benjamites, to allow intermarrying because they're all Israelites. There's nothing wrong with Israelites marrying Israelites from tribe to tribe. But they were so mad, they shut the door on them. They forgot that they need each other. They need each other. And that's the same in the fellowship. We need each other. Now, speaking of the rash vow, do y'all recall the lesson we got about rash vows from Judges 11? With Jephthah, he said to the Lord, If you will indeed deliver the people of Ammon into my hands, then it will be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me, I will offer it up as a burnt offering. (laughs) You remember him saying, The first thing that comes out, I'm going to offer it up. And he shouldn't have been so quick to make a rash vow like that. His mouth got ahead of him because the first thing to come out of the door when he got home was his daughter. And for some reason, He felt like he had to honor that vow, didn't he? God never required Jephthah to keep that vow. God never ordered him to do that to his daughter. Jephthah said it. As a matter of fact, that's contrary to God's written law. It is against the very act of human burnt sacrifice. So it's not like God held him to that vow. That was a rash decision that Jephthah made that he shouldn't have done. 
I believe if Jephthah had inquired of the Lord instead of speaking, here's what I'm going to do. If he had inquired of the Lord first, the Lord would have told him, you're not held to that vow. You're not, you don't need to do this. Now, I think this is a sin trait that the Israelites picked up from their pagan oppressors for all these years, making vows that stand contrary to the word of the Lord, yet feeling like they're obligated to keep it for some reason. Well, we said it, so now we have to do it, because if we don't do it, that makes us uh, dishonest. Well, no, you shouldn't have made that vow in the first place. That was wrong. And so here we are again. They feel like they have to keep this fresh vow not to let Benjamin intermarry with them. They shouldn't have done it, but now they feel like they have to keep it. And you know, just, it's like, Ray, I don't get this. I don't understand why they did this. Let me boil it down. We sinners have quite a way of compounding our own problems, don't we? We have problems and somehow we know how to blow them out and make them worse. And that's what's happened here. Judges 21 verses 3. And they said, O Lord God of Israel, why has this come to pass in Israel that today there should be one tribe missing in Israel? So it was on the next morning that the people rose early and built an altar there and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. Okay. In the previous past chapter, the first two times that Israel tried to fight the Benjamites, they lost. Y'all recall that. But it wasn't until after they stopped trying to figure it out their own way and got before the Lord to do the work of offerings, then they were able to beat the Benjamites, right? Because they had gotten their hearts right with God again. However, there is one important thing they forgot to do in this chapter that we're here now. We just saw that they started making the offerings, but they forgot to do something that I did not see written, something we've seen twice. In Judges 20 and 23 and 27, it says, they asked counsel of the Lord. Judges 20 and 27 says, Israel inquired of the Lord. They didn't do that this time. They did the offerings, but they're not asking what to do. You ever seen somebody do a job halfway? It doesn't work. At my previous career, at my job I used to have, if you did a job halfway, you'd get fired. Because <laughs> it does not fix anything makes things worse. They're they're not doing everything they're supposed to do. Now, they got beaten by Benjamin over and over again. At first, in the previous chapter, they asked God what to do, but they didn't make any offerings. Now, finally, after making offerings and asking the Lord's counsel, then he gave them their assurance of victory. But now here in chapter 21, they're making offerings, but they're not asking counsel. They're not inquiring of the Lord on what to do. And so if you look here in chapter 21, it says they came before the Lord and they wept for Benjamin. That's good. That's a good thing. But it doesn't say that they fasted or prayed, and it certainly does not say that they inquired of the Lord's counsel. Now, just for the sake of defending and and talking about the text here, I know that some of you might be thinking, just because it's not written in the text, that does not give you the right to assume that they did not do it. And I agree, I follow you, that's true. Just because it doesn't say that doesn't mean they didn't do it. However, what the text says next proves that they did not inquire. Well, right, it doesn't say that. Okay, but what they did next proves they didn't ask. Because they start going about it in their own way. And buddy, let me tell you, they mess it all up. (laughs) We have to remember The repetitive theme that has been all throughout Judges that says, 
In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And they're still doing it now. Oh, but they just meet, beat the Benjamites. I know. Old habits are hard to break. They're back into doing it their own way. So let's see what they do. Judges 21 and 5. The children of Israel said, Who is there among all the tribes of Israel who did not come up with the assembly to the Lord? For they had made a great oath concerning anyone who had not come up to the Lord at Mizpah, saying, He shall surely be put to death. And the children of Israel grieved for Benjamin their brother, and said, One tribe is cut off from Israel today. What shall we do for wives, for those who remain, seeing we have sworn by the Lord that we will not give them our daughters as wives? What do we do for them? I'm not giving them my daughters, but oh, what do we do for them? You, You see the problem. You ever paint yourself into a corner? Okay. Nobody said they had to hold this vow. So they're trying to figure out how to keep the Benjamite line going without letting them intermarry. I'm sorry, I would have to speak up and say, guys, we really should let them intermarry. No, we made a vow, can't do that. Oh, see what happens when you do things your way? It gets, it gets messy. They just killed all their wives off. The obvious answer is let them intermarry, problem solved. But no, they did not ask the Lord. And so now they're trying to figure it out themselves. They are resorting to what they think is right according to their own eyes. We have to remember what happens when we do that according to Proverbs 14 and 12. It says there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. I'm telling you, if you go into something thinking, I think this is the way to do it, and if you did not get your heart right before God and inquire of Him about it first, you're not going about it the right way. I have people ask me all the time, Ray, I did this thing. Is it right? Well, I don't know. Did you ask God? No. Well, (laughs) you might ought to get started on that quick. I I try to live by that myself. It's a tough deal. But they're they're trying to figure it out. And and the reason they're trying to figure it out is because they did not ask. If they had asked God, he would have spoke. He did that just in the last chapter. They inquired of God. He gave them answers. They should realize, hey, God gave us answers last time. We should ask again. And they did not. Judges 21 and 8. And they said, What one is there from the tribes of Israel who did not come up from Mizpah to the Lord? And, in fact, no one had come to the camp from Jabesh-Gilead to the assembly. For when the people were counted, indeed, not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead was there. So the congregation sent out there 12,000 of their most valiant men and commanded them, saying, Go and strike the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead with the edge of the sword, including the women and children. And this is the thing that you shall do. You shall utterly destroy every male and every woman who has known a man intimately. So they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead 400 young virgins who had not known a man intimately, and they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Okay, so they have a whole tribe here of Benjamin about to become extinct. They're going to be gone. All you got is men. (laughs) 600 guys. You can't continue a tribe just with guys. And the first thing they do is run off in anger. You're trying to save a tribe, and the first thing they do is they run off in anger and wipe out even more people. We got to save these people. Well, let's go kill that group over there. I'm, I'm not seeing the logic in this. 
You know, when you're angry and you're mad, I'm not letting them have my girls as wives, and you're just mad and you're pagan brainwashed, like I'm sorry America is getting, is, has already. You make dumb decisions. It doesn't add up. They're so mad. They're so angry. They are so pagan infected that they're just reacting, 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 reacting out of distress. And so they go kill people, the people of Jabesh Gilead, everyone except women who had never known a man intimately. Now, why do you think they spared the unmarried women? Why do you think? Because they're trying to solve the problem of getting these 600 Benjamite men a way to continue their line. Oh, let's go wipe these people out. But save those girls. That, that, that'll, that'll fix this problem over here, won't it? They're doing what they think is right in their own eyes, trying to fix a problem that they should have consulted with God about first. They think they're doing the right thing by fulfilling a rash vow by killing all those who did not attend the meeting at Mizpah. Israel's trying to, basically, Israel is trying to remedy one problem at the expense of creating another one. You ever do that? I do it. I have done it. And that's when I realize I got to stop and get back right with my Lord and ask the Lord God, what am I, what, what did I just do? Lord, help me. Uh, and if you look back over your past decision history, you're thinking, man, I did a lot of things and made it a whole lot worse. It would have saved me a lot of trouble if I'd asked him. Things are getting out of control here. So they kill the people and they take 400 unmarried women back. Excuse me, how many men were there survived of Benjamin? 600. They brought back how many? 400. That doesn't really take care of the whole problem, does it? Because you got 200 guys out. Judges 21 and 13. Then the whole congregation sent word to the children of Benjamin who were at the Rock of Rimon and announced peace to them. So Benjamin came back at that time. And they gave them the women whom they had saved alive of the women of Jabesh Gilead, and yet they had not found enough for them. And the people grieved for Benjamin, because the Lord had made a void in the tribes of Israel. So, Israel's best attempts are not good enough, are they? You're short. (laughs) You ever try your best and do something, and it wasn't good enough? And you even get down on yourself, well, I'm just not good enough. Well, good, I'm, it's about time you realize that. No, you're not. You're not good enough. Stop trying to claw your way into being good enough. You never will be. That's why we need our Savior. That's why we need the counsel of our Lord God. Well, they're trying to fix a problem here that just keeps getting worse and worse because 400 women is not enough for 600 men. 200 men are still without wives. And not to mention the reason they got these women is because they went and killed a bunch of people to do it. They are doing all this damage and things still are not quite turning out right. Judges 21 and 16. Then the elders of the congregation said, what shall we do for wives for those who remain since the women of Benjamin have been destroyed? And they said, there must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin that a tribe may not be destroyed from Israel. However, we cannot give them wives from our, from our daughters, for the children of Israel have sworn an oath, saying, Cursed be the one who gives a wife to Benjamin. Then they said, In fact, there is a yearly feast of the Lord in Shiloh, which is north of Bethel on the east side of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem and south of Lebanon. Therefore, 
They instructed the children of Benjamin, saying, Go, lie in wait in the vineyards, and watch. And just when the daughters of Shiloh come out to perform their dances, then come out from the vineyards, and every man catch a wife for himself from the daughters of Shiloh, then go to the land of Benjamin. That's good. Go go sneak around in the grass. And when they come out, grab your woman and go home with her. <laughs> I don't like that. That's stealing. That's theft. It's uh, not proper. But this plan here is what you call a loophole. This is a loophole. They found a back door in their rash oath. They can't give their women to Benjamin, but they've made no oath saying about women being taken. You see what's going on? We can't give them. Nothing says anything about you taking them. <laughs> so Benjamin, go lie in wait, and when they come out and dance, grab your woman and go home with her. Um, no. This rash oath is getting worse, and now they're trying to tweak it and loophole it and find the little ins and outs, and we'll figure this out where we're not guilty. No, uh, no. This is, guys, this is what your best will do. Without counsel of the Lord, without inquiry from the Lord, without inquiring of Him and getting your heart right before the Lord and trying to fix your own problems, this is what it looks like. It gets worse all the time. Go grab a woman, but of all things, at a feast celebration to the Lord of all things. That's not the, if they said hang out on the highway and grab one, but I mean, this is a feast to the Lord, they're going to do this. That's not good. Grab a wife. Now, I have a major problem with this here for obvious reasons. <laughs> I've already explained that. And I can tell how some of y'all are reacting to this story. You wouldn't, you're not taking too kindly to it either. Just what if it was somebody in your family that was taken like this? You got to think for a second. Go grab a wife. Go, go, go take her and do what you want with her. Isn't this how the original war started up in the first place? You remember? That's how the whole thing started in the first place with the Levite's wife. Now they're doing it. And it ain't just with one, it's with how many? 200. A whole war started up because a woman was taken. Now, she was raped and murdered, but the spark that started this whole mess in the first place was that some men stole a woman. And here's the Israelites, the very people who were infuriated by this act, telling the tribe that did it to go and do it again. Go get you 200 more. That gets us out of the guilt of our oath that we made. Guys, when you try to do things your way and you don't inquire of the Lord, it gets really bad. And you end up doing the very things that you can't stand other people that did themselves. Oh, my God. Are you convinced now that Israel did not inquire of the Lord about this? I know it wasn't in the text, but I wanted to show you they didn't ask because they're not doing. It's pretty clear now that they did not inquire. They think they're doing the right thing. We're keeping a vow. We're keeping an oath. Well, that looks all nice and noble, doesn't it? But look at what they're having to do to make this rash oath. God would never make you take an oath that would cause you to do things like this. They are stuck in this pattern that to them, they think they're doing what's right. But they are blind to the fact that they have just amplified the very problem that started this whole thing in the first place.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.